Christ community, I'm Amanda Kundert, and I serve full-time with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship as a campus missionary at the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. As a campus missionary, I get to build authentic relationships with college students and faculty and invite them to follow Jesus. We use small group Bible studies and mentorship to train students on how to study God's Word and to grow in prayer. Through leadership training, on-campus events, camps, and retreats, we focus on building students into strong leaders who will share God's love with others. We also host Urbana, which is one of the largest student missions conferences in the world. Because of partnerships like yours, we as an organization were able to invest in nearly 50,000 college students across the country last year. I grew up going to Christ Community and I'm so thankful for the many, many years of mentorship and support that you've provided me with. Uh, this church helped give me the vision and the tools to incorporate local and global missions into my life as a career. So thank you Christ Community for your generosity and for your prayers to bring transformation to the lives of college students. How's everybody doing? Good, yeah, good to see you guys. If I haven't met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's great to be with you. It's winter weekend. Wow, it's like, this is polar bear weather. Um, so glad we got to watch that video of Amanda, and just wanted to say thank you to those of you who give to Christ's community. Um, she's off doing really cool things, and we get to be part of all of that financially, and um, those of you who are here in her growing up years, like you were investing in what she's become, and those of you who are here today, like you're investing in the next generation of ministry leaders, business leaders, professionals, um, work people, like the workplace, you're, you're investing in Jesus going from this place into the world, and so thank you for the way that you give. I'm really excited to be able to report these things back to you. Um, I'm excited for our time together today, too. We are in this series that we're calling Christmas Time, and we're talking about things that Christmas is time for. So, so we're sitting here this weekend, we're like, we're a week away from Christmas, and I don't know if it snuck up on you or not. I have two kids who are teachers, and one of them, I talked to one of them today, and they said, you know, like pastors stand up and say, can you believe it's December already? And they said, you obviously are not like working with a bunch of kids who are very well aware of what time it is. But like, we're a week away from Christmas, and so we've got this week coming up in front of us. I'm sure yours looks a lot like mine. We've got presents to buy. There's meals to plan, going to the grocery store, I run around town, there's all the work stuff that needs to get done. Like this is a really busy week coming up for us to prepare for our big celebration and for time to breathe a little bit, hopefully in that for all of us, emotions that we need to process, not stuff and ignore until later. We need to deal with some of that kind of, there's a lot of things that we've got to do this coming week. And so I wanna talk with you about something that you could do this week. And the reason I wanna highlight it is because in all the other stuff that you have to do, that I have to do, this is actually one of those things that the busyness of this coming week conspires against. And so I'd like to talk with you about how you could actually say something to someone else this week that would change their life. I don't know if, I don't know if you've thought about that for you, for yourself, but you could actually say something to someone else in this week that would change their life. So most of us make our way through life like all the life-changing things are, are being said by someone somewhere else, someone who's, who's smart, who's wise, who's clever, who's good with their words. Like somebody else has taken the care of all that stuff. And, and then the people who need to hear something 
You know, like somehow, somehow the people who are out here saying all the, the life-changing things and then the people who need to hear it, that at some point their lives are gonna cross and, and then when that happens, everything will be good. But that's, that's not the way it works. You, you have, you have the ability and you have the opportunity to say something to someone this week that could change their life. And, and so I'd like to talk with us today about how Christmas, this is, my, this is my big idea for the day, Christmas is, it is a great time to speak blessing into the lives of those you love. This is, this is a great time of year to speak blessing into the lives of people that you love. And so what I wanna talk with you about today, and this is from the Christmas story, I wanna jump into the Christmas story, and I wanna show you why I say it could be you. Why, why it could be you that, that says something life-changing and then how that might look for you. So we're gonna be in the Gospel of Luke, chapter one, and we're gonna look at two people and a little interaction that they had. So I gotta give you some backstory so that this makes some sense to you. Um, so the two people we're gonna talk about are two ladies, Elizabeth and Mary. All right, so Elizabeth, we haven't encountered her yet really in our conversations in this, in this Christmas series and so, you know, if you haven't read Luke chapter one, you can go back, but let me give you a summary about who Elizabeth is. So Elizabeth is, is this older lady, and she's married to this guy named Zachariah, and he is a priest. And so they're this, they're devout and faithful people, and they have been married forever and ever, and they have no kids. And it is, it is the great sorrow of their life that they, they, have, they have no kids. And, and so they have mourned that and they have prayed about that and they have had their community around them, invested in them for them to have a child and they've spent their entire married life desiring children and that just, it hasn't happened for them. And so one day, Zechariah, a priest, he's doing his priestly duty and he's offering prayers. And while he's praying, an angel of the Lord appears to him. And the angel of the Lord says to him, hey, Zechariah, your prayers have been answered. All those years and years of praying, I'm sure they'd given up on it by now, but the Lord had not, like he hadn't stopped listening. So your prayers have been answered. Your wife, Elizabeth, she's gonna have a baby and he's gonna be special and unique and basically he's gonna be the one who announces the coming of God's Messiah. And so Zachariah makes, like he makes the mistake of his life and this angel makes his announcement and he looks at the angel and he says like, how can I know this is gonna happen? Right? Like, and so the angel said, hey, you want a sign that this is gonna happen? Here's your sign. You won't, you won't be able to speak until all these things are fulfilled. And right there, his, his mouth was closed and he, he was done. He couldn't speak anymore, but he went home from his priestly duty and as the angel said, Miraculously, his wife, Elizabeth, even though Zachariah was too old, she was too old, she got pregnant. So that's, that's Elizabeth, and we've already met Mary, the mother of Jesus, and so when these, when these two meet up, Mary has already had her encounter with the angel. We talked about that a little bit last week. Mary's already had her, the angel has announced to her that she's gonna be birthed Messiah. The Holy Spirit has already come over her, and she is, she is pregnant with God's Messiah when Elizabeth and Mary meet. Now they're relatives, and, and so Mary is traveling to meet 
Elizabeth at her house. And so just as we're looking through and thinking through all these things, I wanna just kind of give you a little comparison contrast about these two ladies because their life situation and how they are, like this is really important to this, to this piece of the story. So Elizabeth is very old and Mary is young. Like young, young. Elizabeth is at the end of her life, her faith journey. Like she's, she is towards the end of her faith journey and Mary is young and she is just getting going on it. Elizabeth has been unable to conceive her entire life. It has been her greatest desire and it has finally been fulfilled for her, but she had long years of unanswered prayers and great disappointment in her life. And Mary, exactly the opposite. She is unmarried at this point and she was not wanting or praying for a baby yet. Now, both of these ladies, you know, Elizabeth, she's got this miraculous pregnancy where her husband is too old and so is she. And Mary also, she's got this miraculous conception, the virgin birth. And then when you look at the surround, the people around them, Elizabeth went home, when Elizabeth became pregnant, like the community erupted in joy around her. Like that was, this was all of their dreams fulfilled in Elizabeth's pregnancy. And Mary, when Mary is pregnant, she's nearly divorced, right? The angel had to appear to Joseph in the middle of the night and say, hey, listen, like this is, this is something that God is up to, you should be in on this. And, and the community around Mary and her pregnancy, her community has been, has been silent towards her. And so these two ladies in comparable circumstances, but very different in the way it was received by the people who were around them, they, they meet up. So as soon as, as soon as Mary hears from the angel Gabriel, this is we're in Luke chapter one, and starting in verse 39, as, as Mary has heard from the angel Gabriel, so at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. So when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby, the, the miracle baby, the, that, miraculous, that miraculous baby, the baby inside Elizabeth leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, Elizabeth exclaimed to Mary, blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child you will bear. Why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting, when you walked in our door and said hello, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. So a couple of things that we should notice here just in reading through this. The first one, this is a spiritually significant moment. I mean, like this is, this is a hugely significant moment spiritually. Now, in that little town in the hill country of Judea and in the surrounding community, probably nobody really even knew this deal was going on. Like on earth, this is, this is, a, this is just a, a thing, like this is just some little gal from some other place coming into this other little town and nobody really knows these two ladies or what's going on in their lives outside of just their little circles. And so on earth, there's not much to this. But, but this is one of those moments that, that I think like all of heaven was watching this little transact, like this little thing go down. That all of heaven is, is watching what's happening here. And as, as this is recorded for us in the Gospel of Luke, 
Like we're supposed to kind of stop in this moment and say, oh, wow, like, we ought to keep reading because this, this baby that is in Elizabeth is, is responding to this lady and her baby. Like these, there is something unique about each of these kids and already a, a hierarchy is being established between them. So like this, whoever Mary's pregnant with, like we need to keep reading and like we gotta learn about this guy. And so this is, this is a hugely spiritually significant moment. And really what I would say to you, as, as, we, as we enter the busyness of this week, like this is one of those moments where in that little room and then all of heaven watching, like everything just kind of, like all the attention was directed on Jesus. And, and I don't know how you get in the month of December and around the holiday season, but a lot of us, like, it, it really is, it's fast and furious and it's crazy and there are a million things vying for our attention and if, if you've kind of gotten lost in all that other stuff and, and you've yet to like really stop and remember that, that all of this, all, all of this crazy that we live in and experience and all this fun that we get to live in and experience over this month, like this is all about Jesus. And so it's, it's a great opportunity and a great reminder for us to just kind of be able to stop and to, to breathe and to, to write, like this is from the Lord. And so this is, this is a hugely spiritually significant moment. Jesus is not some ordinary kid. He is, he is God's Messiah and he is Emmanuel, he's God with us. And then the second thing, and this is what really, this grabbed my attention as I was prepping for our time together. The second thing, Elizabeth, she speaks four sentences to Mary, four sentences. And in those four sentences, I've, like they change Mary's life. And, and what she speaks, three times she uses the word blessed, talking about Mary, you are blessed, this baby is blessed, you are blessed. And she speaks this blessing to her and over her and like it's a sweet moment between family members and this older lady and this young woman and like it's this sweet and tender moment but it is, it is a life-changing moment for Mary because in this little blessing that happens, often what we miss is like what this blessing led to. And so if you, if you were to read ahead of these verses, what we get next, what comes, from, comes out of Mary, and we're not gonna read them because we don't really have time, but what comes out of Mary is, it is amazing what comes out of her. Um, it, is, it is her song of praise to God. It is her response to what God has done by allowing her to be mom of the Messiah. And all of this, it comes after. It comes after Elizabeth's words to her. Like what Mary says next is actually so important that most of the time, at least in church, most of the time when we talk about Mary and Elizabeth, we skip right over what Elizabeth said and jump into Mary's Magnificat. Like her declaration of praise to God, her declaration, what comes next in this, like it is, it is still, it's still like it is a prayer that people pray. It is a meditation that people use. It is a song that famous people sing. I mean, like it is, it is a really big deal. And, and it was in Mary because God had placed it in her and she had nurtured all of that with her active faith. But, but it does not come out of Mary until after 
Elizabeth speaks words of blessing to her. Like when Elizabeth, those four sentences that Elizabeth spoke to Mary, like somehow that just kind of, it's like it took a lid off of Mary's heart and this hymn of praise to God, it, like it flows out of that heart, but all of it happens after, after Elizabeth speaks to her. And so, so this is what I want us to hold on to today at Christmas time. At Christmas time, is, it is a great time to speak blessing over and into the lives of the people that you love, not just to feel warm feelings about them, not just to think good thoughts about them, or not to be, not to be aggravated by them, or like, eh, here they go. like all of that stuff is, it's so common, like it just happens. But this is a great time of year for people like you and me, for normal people like us, to be able to speak blessing into the lives of the people we love. And so as we go about this week for this Christmas season, I'd really like to encourage us to be the kind of people who are willing to speak a blessing into and over the lives of people we love. So here's, let me give you kind of, this is, I don't know if it's a definition, it's more of a description what a blessing is. It just kind of flows out of what, what Elizabeth spoke into and over Mary. I just kind of put some words together up here. So so blessing is really, it's a joyful acceptance, it's a joyful statement of acceptance and favor. And if you just think about that a little bit, I don't know how many places you go where you feel like completely and totally accepted. And like the people that you are with, that, that they have a favorable feeling, that they are, like they're for you. And you're with them, and they are with you, and so just, just as a statement of acceptance and its favor, and it celebrates the capital G good, like God's kind of goodness that you see in somebody else. And this is selfless. It's not, not for your benefit, not so that somehow they think something more, like this is all just a selfless statement towards them, speaking God's best into and over somebody else's life. And, and when you're willing to take a little bit of a risk, push past maybe your comfort zone and speak blessing into someone else's life, that could change everything for them. And so with this description kind of in place here, let's go back to Mary and Elizabeth for a moment and just think about this little meeting and just to use some holy imagination, all right? So we don't know from the Bible, but thinking about Mary, having learned that she is pregnant, how many happy conversations do you think she's had about her pregnancy? Right, I mean, like the Bible doesn't tell us, but it did tell us that like an angel had to appear to her fiance and let him know like that this is, that God's in this, and this is a good thing. And we know a lot about the culture and the time in which she lived. This was, this was not something that was gonna be celebrated in the community ever. And so how many happy conversations do you think Mary had had about her pregnancy to this point? And I, like, I really think if you pushed me, like, again, I can't prove this from the Bible, but I really, I really think for Mary, she didn't really even know yet if it was okay for her to celebrate this. Like she, had, she had seen and talked with the angel and she had made that beautiful statement of yes, I'm the Lord's servant, everything that you've said about me, like I'm, I'm in it and I'm for it. 
But because this is, this is so, it's, it's so different than anything she's experienced to this point, I'm not sure she even knew if this was something that was okay for her to celebrate yet. And we do know from the Bible that Mary liked to think about things. She liked to ponder stuff and, and treasured stuff up in her heart and processed it. And, and I'm kind of betting that, that she was, like she was at this point, this is still pretty early, she's at this point, she's got this, she's got this, she's got this baby and she's got this future and the Lord's in it, but she does not yet know. Like, this is something that she could celebrate. And, and Elizabeth hears her and the things that happen there in that little moment, those four sentences. You know, just in those four sentences, what happens in those four sentences is some dots connect for her. And, and she kind of comes, it's like she comes to life in those moments that it's a God-breathed kind of life inside of her because somebody has made a joyful Accept a joyful statement of acceptance and favor and has celebrated God's goodness to her and in her. And she just kind of comes alive and we get this amazing, amazing statement that comes next, Mary's song. And all of that, your words have power. Our words have power. The words we choose to use, the words that we speak into and over somebody else's life, like those words matter. There's, I wanna show you four, real quickly, there's four little proverbs in, about the power of our words. And these are poetry, so there's these comparisons that are in there and just kinda helps us see this. You know, the mouth of the righteous, about somebody who's willing to speak life into somebody else, the mouth of the righteous, it's a fountain of life. It just, it's what, what comes from, it's life. Words are life-giving. The, the lips of the righteous, they feed many. There, there are people that are, that are starving for words of love, encouragement, affirmation, hope, truth, peace, and the lips, the righteous, like you have the power to feed people who are starving for what your words can bring to them. Proverbs 11 spreads that out beyond just the individual relationships. A city is built up by the blessings of the upright. And so when, when we speak and live a blessing into our community, it changes the spiritual temperature of the place in which we live. Our words have power. That last one from Proverbs 15, the tongue that heals is a tree of life. It's, it's a tree of life. The fruit of that is, is life. And you and I live in a world and a culture that is dark and difficult and not very many healing words are spoken. And, and we have the opportunity to speak life and joy and health into other people. And so, so as we think to this week, this busy Christmas season, this is a great time to speak blessing into the lives of those that you love. Now, moving towards that, I think there's a couple of things that we've got to recognize, okay? So as, as we talk about speaking a blessing into someone else, so let's just start by recognizing that this is not your natural bent. So, so none of us, it's not just you, it's me too, it's all of us. Like, so, so, so none of us just drift towards speaking life into the lives of other people. We, we actually, we, we go the other way. So Thursday, 
I was having my personal Bible reading time and I read this, there's this little book in the New Testament, it's called James, and he spends a little section talking to us as human beings about our tongue and I was just kinda, I was reading this and actually chuckling to myself because it is just like, if you have any doubt about your natural bent, the way you use your words, the, this, this just settles it. In James chapter three, this verse six and verse nine, the tongue is all, also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. Like he is on it. It corrupts the whole body. It sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. (laughs) I guess I could get a mean look on my face and really yell this at you or we just kind of laugh about this because you know this is true about you and I know this is true about me. Like this is just the way we drift. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who've been made in God's likeness. And he goes on to say, like, it shouldn't be this way. But it is, and, and so like, I'm reading that, this takeaway, and it's Christmas season, and I'm like, we really need Jesus, right? I mean, like, we just, we, if, if this is the way you drift, and we do, this is the way we drift, we need Jesus if, like, if you look at your whole life and aren't really sure that, well, I really needed a savior, all you gotta do if you just think about for a minute like your natural drift to what you think and what you say about other people. It, like, just, it's just, it's this small little part of our body and out of it comes, like off it comes, off it rolls what's in our heart and it just, it reveals like, that we desperately need a savior. And, and so, like, we're back to Jesus and it's Christmas and he came to save us from our sins and like to speak a blessing into somebody else's life. I, we really need Jesus in our life. So, so let's just recognize, first of all, that this is not our natural bent. If you're listening to me and thinking, I'm not gonna say something like that to like, right, because what's natural to us is like to not, like to, to be the other way with people or to be silent. And some things, and so so if you're if you're struggling with what this might look like, and kind of in your mind arguing like, Daryl, you don't know my family, you don't know the people I'm gonna be around. Like, I, okay, I don't, but like all these things, this is not your natural bent. So you're gonna have to get out of your comfort zone. You're gonna have to go away from your natural bent. We get to lean into Jesus and what He's doing for us. And so, second thing to realize is God actually wants to use your words to speak capital L His kind of life into other people. This is one of the main ways that God breathes His life into into other people, into people, is it through people? We're, your words might be the answer to a friend or family member's desperation. Because you know that family member that when you get together this week and it's the one who, hey, how are things going and everything's always great. Like it can't possibly be that good but you would never know or you do know behind the scenes because you know some other family members who know but this person would never, it's always great it's not always great. Or that sullen family member, the gripey one, to be able to be used by God to see his kind of goodness in their life. He wants to use people like us to speak his kind of life into them. And then this is the awesome thing. He will give you those life-giving words. But you don't, you don't have to be one of those people who like are eloquent or wise or witty you don't have to be that. You get to be you. And so to know that God will give you what you need in order to be who he wants you to be in those moments and to do what he wants you to be to do, like that is an awesome thing. And so in recognizing these things, 
we could maybe move forward towards this. And so, so here's what I would offer you for these last few minutes about how you could find the words to speak life and blessing into someone else. So it starts with making yourself available to the Lord. If, if this is your attitude and posture about this, like, no, that, <laughs> I got nothing good to say about them, I've got nothing good to say to them, or, oh, that, like that would be, we don't talk like that in our family. Like we don't do that kind of stuff in our family. Like if, if this is your posture, then okay, you know. But, but if you would make yourself available to the Lord, you could not only, you might not just change the life of somebody, you might change the way your family relates to each other. That, like that could become a thing in your family where you would speak words of life and blessing and encouragement to other people. And I love Mary's prayer. This is after the angel has appeared to her and told her, hey, here's what's, here's what's in front of you. Here's the opportunity that you have with all the positives and the negatives connected to be an unwed Joseph family, but mom of Messiah. Remember her words from last week, I'm the Lord's servant, she said. And if, if that would be your attitude and your posture on this, if you, if you could get to the point where you'd say, okay, I, I'm the Lord's servant, my answer is yes. Just make yourself available to the Lord. It starts there. Second thing, engage other people with your spiritual eyes and ears and heart. Throughout the Bible, there's this, there's this phrase that, the, the ancient prophets used, and then Jesus talks about it a little bit. It's, it's the idea of eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to understand what's going on beyond just what you see, what everybody else sees. And to be able to see people and circumstances for, for what's happened, like what's really happening spiritually and kind of and behind the scenes, behind some of the curtains in their lives, eyes to see and ears to hear and to, to hear what God's saying and to hear what other people, like what's, what's going on with them and then the heart that understands all that. So not just to have the information but actually to be able, spiritually speaking, to be able to assimilate all that information and know what it means and know what you're supposed to do with it and and so to have and to lean into, if you're a believer in Jesus, but he's, he's given you these spiritual eyes, the spiritual ears, this, this heart, this spiritual heart to understand these things. And I think a great prayer, when you're, when you're with people and you've made yourself available to the Lord, a great prayer is, all right, Lord, what do you see? You know, when that, reading the Christmas letter from the family that all you hear is like, how again, how awesome everything is, or like, other kids are Rhodes Scholars and D1 athletes. Like you just like it just keeps going. Like okay, so Lord, what do you see in the light? What do you see here? And what are you what are you hearing? What do you hear? And this is a great one, Lord. What would you say? What would you say in these moments? Because God might use you to say some stuff that will breathe life into people. And then this third thing, as you're leaning into these first two, is just to trust those generous impulses you have. And I say that, so Elizabeth, in this moment where she meets Mary, 
The baby leaps in her womb, and Luke tells us as he's recording this that she was filled with the Holy Spirit. If that is something God did for her in that moment, and it's something that God will do for you too. That's not something that is just unique to the people who are in the Bible. This is something that Christian people can experience is the filling of God the Holy Spirit for the thing that he has for you to do. So you're not running on your own strength or in your own wisdom or with your own eloquence. But like he'll, that, that filling with the Spirit can happen for you. And just this kind of my description, this generous impulses. Because how are you and I bent? We're bent to think and say negative, critical, or be silent. And, and if, you, if, you are, if you're engaged with somebody in conversation or watching what's happening in the dynamics and you're listening spiritually, you're watching, and, and something begins to well up inside of you that, that feels generous in the moment, and generous based on what you know about this person, go with that. that. That is an awful lot, like what happens when God the Holy Spirit fills you. If you don't, if you don't know his, his direction, his guidance, his voice, if you're not sure about that in your life, this, this is the kind of stuff he does. He stirs generosity of life in his people, and so it's filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and you gotta know like, that what comes in your heart what, when, you're, when you're asking God, okay, what would you say in the words that come in your heart? Like, it's probably not gonna be fancy. It's probably not gonna be fancy. It's actually gonna sound an awful lot like you. You know, so it's not gonna be this ultra-wise, ultra, unless that's you. It's not gonna be this ultra-wise, ultra-eloquent, ultra-whatever. It's just, it's gonna be you speaking words that God wants to say into the life of somebody who needs to hear them. And so as those generous impulses rise in you, that last thing there, like say it. Say it, and say it, say it with a smile, right? Because how awesome is this? One, that, that God wants to speak his life, his favor, his acceptance, his goodness, that God actually communicates that kind of stuff to people like us. And then, and then that you get to deliver that kind of news, that you get to say to somebody else, I see God working in you. I see this kind of goodness. Like you get to call that out and point them forward. Like you ought to, you ought to smile about that. And, and so you and I have this, like we have this tremendous opportunity to be the bearers of good news in the lives of people who desperately need to hear it. And so as, as you go through this week and as you engage in all the busyness and all the craziness and all the fun and all the celebration, just remember this. Christmas is a time for blessing. It's a time for speaking God's blessing into the lives of the people that you love. And as, as you speak God's blessing into their lives, what happens for you and for me is we also, we receive a blessing from the Lord. So, so this is a big week for us, and this is a big week for our community as the people of our church go speak God's blessing into the lives of the people who live here. This is, this is a big week, and I hope you'll remember 
that Christmas is a time for speaking God's blessing into the lives of those you love. Can I pray this for you? Would you guys please bow your head and close your eyes with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for the blessing that you have given us, the life that we have because of Jesus. And thank you for using people like us to speak your kind of life into the people who are around us. And so I'm praying for myself and for my friends who are here in this room that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand. And that you would stir up courage in us so that we would be willing to get out of our comfort zone and say the good that we see. To say to, say to our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers, what you would want said to them. And let us please be conduits of your blessing. And we're excited to see what comes with this in our community as your people say yes to the promptings that you're giving to us. And Jesus, again, all this goodness comes to us through you. And we're really grateful that you have come to be with us. And so we pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, so um, I gotta tell you, this is the next time we will be together is on Christmas Eve. So we have services on the 23rd, which is Friday, and on the 24th, which is Saturday. And that is our Christmas Eve weekend celebration. Do not come here on Sunday morning, the 25th. The lights will be off and the doors will be locked and you will be alone. So 23rd and 24th, and that is both in person and online for our worship service times, and those are posted on the internet. So as you guys are in the room, if you would please stand with me, I'd like to read a benediction over us. This is from Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So thank you for being in worship this weekend. I love you guys. God bless you. We'll see you for Christmas Eve services.